Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. And right now, uh, to be fair on my expectations right now, uh, it is about 60% that there's going to be a pause at the March meeting and a 40% chance approximately there's going to be a cut. But that all could swing to um, after Jerome Powell speaks today. Um, he's going to talk after the rate decision. And that normally has more impact than the actual rate stuff itself because he'll give guidance and kind of unwrap and answer questions for people. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. That'll lead into Thursday, a positive or negative week. Guys, welcome back into today's episode of Money Moves. As always, your host, Matty A, my co-host, Mr. Ryan Breedwell. What's up, y'all? Where's your Niners gear at, man? I got it getting clean for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't have my Niners gear on yet today either. <laughs> that being said, what a game. That was an incredible game. I was like, I honestly thought at halftime it was probably going to Oh, I was, I was like, I didn't give up on them. I kind of did. I, was, I told Alex, I, I said, it, it, they have to have a massive second half or the game is over. Yeah. They basically have to score a bunch of points and shut them out, which is exactly what they did. I cannot believe they blew a 17 point with that much momentum going into the third. It was fun to watch. I was yelling and screaming at my TV for the first half, oh, very you know angry and upset. You know I was. And then I was yelling and screaming at my TV the second half, excited. but very excited. I was even it, nervous to the very end. Oh, yeah. They had that like one second differential. I was like, oh my gosh, something would, something like this would happen to where now, you know, they're going to onside kick it. And they had, that was a great onside kick. They kick, he, he didn't kick it far enough. It nope. would have ultimately been a penalty and turned over. But the, the spinny Mc, Mc dribble on it was good. <laughs> the spinny McDribble. <laughs> if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, Ed and Christian McCaffrey, would be the second father-son combo to win a Super Bowl with the same franchise. His dad played for the Niners? Yeah. I didn't know that. Pretty cool, right? That is pretty cool. Super Bowl 29 team, Ed McCaffrey. What a stud. What a, what a, stud of a, man. What a family tree 
Our, well, here's the before we jump in today, because we got a great show for you guys, and we'll get off the the football uh, 49er train mm, for all my Detroit my fans out there. R.I.P. <laughs> but I also was I was uh, coming to terms with the fact that maybe it was their year, and what a great story. And I like Jared Goff because I thought they did him dirty in L.A. after he mm. took him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. But cool story there, and then Lamar Jackson choke job, but then at the same time you're against the GOAT. Uh, yeah, but I also was going to say, he did really good. The first half, if they were to play like that in the second half, we would have had some issues. Yeah. that I just could not believe, again, the quality of game that we got to watch. That day was much better than the last game where it was with Green Bay. I was... They're both close games and I don't like the games to be that close. I want them to be good. But gosh, that the Lions one really had me sweating. So before we jump into... We've got FOMC updates. Mm-hmm. We've got earnings updates. Yep. We've got some kind of global events that are going on that are tying into the market and kind of moving the needle uh, a little bit as well. We'll be talking about that. We've got some real estate and single family updates as well as commercial. Um, but before we do, let's just throw on our little tinfoil wearing hats for a second. Tone, if you want to pull up uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and a lot of people, there's been all this chitter chatter and talk about uh, Taylor Swift and scroll up. Oh, he's saying that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are in a fake relationship. They are rigging the Super Bowl for the Chiefs to win, and that I've been seeing more and more headlines come about Taylor Swift endorsing Joe Biden. She can swing like thirty-three percent of the vote. And all kinds of crazy stuff. When you think about, he got paid supposedly. I don't. I don't know, twenty million back, but yeah, twenty million. No, that is a fact. Be pumping Pfizer, um, and then you look at kind of the the timeliness of all of this. It would not surprise me. It like it would check out. It would make sense. I mean, they look like a couple. I was gonna say that they. I mean, they look normal, right? They look normal. The parents are like involved. I don't know. There's always speculation and everything. I don't follow. I don't follow it. But it I would just, be it would be very interesting to see how this all plays out based on some of the stuff that they're talking about. Oh, absolutely! It's like it's literally like a live a live TV show. Mm-hmm. It's literally a live show that we get. But to I watch saw the lowest seat price right now for 49ers games, or I'm sorry for the Super Bowl. I think it was like five hundred. Was like, like nosebleeds eighty five hundred. So where I actually have never even seen the inside of the Legion Stadium is beautiful. Is it big? It's yeah. Okay, it's, it's, I've seen the outside it's, of it. It's dome. a That's really it. cool stadium. Like it's it a little bit off the strip, right? Um, I like mean, not it's on the, the, no. It's at on the, the end, it's on the main drag of the other side of the freeway. So if you're going towards the strip and you got all of the you know stuff on your right, it's literally just on the other side of the freeway. Okay. It's a beautiful I keep stadium. Confusing they did, with a, T-Mobile. did a great job with it. Um, so go Niners. Bang, bang. And it is officially time to move on. Sorry. Talking about all things stocks, real estate, investing, and personal finance. Food We've been a little obsessed with uh, Bang, Bang, Niner game. That being said, we've got some interesting updates on Mr. Kiyosaki calling about a real estate crap and mm. specifically one asset that's going to be the domino that leads it. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We've been seeing a lot more of this chaos around 
Texas and oh, the yeah, Guard and protecting yeah. the border. Now the federal government is literally like fighting them to keep the border open. Yeah, it's it, weird. It, it, but they're not talking about it publicly because they don't want people to know that the federal government is literally fighting against a state government to protect their state and their border. And there's multiple other states involved supporting Texas. Yeah, over Oklahoma, 25 now. Tennessee, over 25, over Nevada. Half, yep, over half of the uh, 50 states have supported. You know damn well California. <laughs> you know what's interesting though is I, I made a comment on somebody's page and I was like, man, there's so many Californians I know that are standing right there locked in arms with oh, anybody that wants agreed. to protect our border. Yeah. The, we I don't mind people coming over to California, Arizona, with all the border states. Come on over. Just do it legally. If you can't do it legally, there's probably a reason why. On the flip side of that, too, our immigration system's a little bit long in the tooth and probably needs to be updated so it's easier for people that want to come over and can do it the right way uh, to do it the right way. 100%. It would, it's a double-edged sword. We're not, we don't provide an immigration system that's easy to use. And I think it's tipped in the scale of people that have a lot of money. And therefore, that forces people that don't have a lot of money to go about an illegal route. If we just made it easier, um, we would have a better both ways. Well, you know what's interesting? If you pull up this this next, but I think, oh, people that are coming over our border. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's not adding up. This a video report. <laughs> like speed, pitching. Doesn't make sense. Why? Chinese immigrant. Next. Maybe that's the way they put a few another video that I just sent you. To. This is the stuff that, that scares me a little bit. Keep going down. Uh did it come through? Yeah, okay. Um and while you're while he's pulling it up, there was a video of a guy that came across the border. Oh, I know. Yeah. And uh, basically saying, uh, somebody you'll know me him soon. basic questions and he was saying, oh, you'll know me soon enough. And you can pull this up real fast and we'll give some narrative to it. You are as hard as the knock you to who I am. You are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. So he is the chairman. That's the as we all And he actually was sentenced 12 years of imprisonment. Just got released January 19, 2023. It shows up at the Texas. Right? So this is the kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's not about illegal. It's not about immigration. I think No, most we can just say what it is. It's not, it's not like us against Mexican people come over to America. Chinese people, uh, or Indian. Or anything. It doesn't matter. A lot of people think it's, that's what it is. It's not that. It's like people like this. This is why we need a legal process that's better so that people can go through the legal process so we can find people like this and not allow them in and let all the people in that should be allowed in and give them a chance at the American dream. Because I don't think the American dream is dead. I just think it's different than what it used to be. Very interesting. That's the kind of stuff that I think is so important is it's about being anti-immigration. It's just anti-illegal immigration. When you see more and more a report of somebody going into the community documented or and then all of a sudden they are in the news the next week for raping somebody or for murdering this person or for stealing from this business. That's the kind of stuff in terms of law and order that should be a basic common sense and not labeled as 
something so bad for somebody feeling like those individuals shouldn't be coming over our border that way. I agree. So it's very interesting to see that's unfolding because you got the federal government and the state government starting to go at it. This is a little taste of some civil war. Not saying it's going to pop off what the headlines are trying to push it and make it out. But it's going to be very interesting to see how the federal government and state on these constitutional rights that make people believe or you're validated. So as we go into the stock market this week, we've got Federal Open, FOMC, FOMC, and is there any news across the wire there that you're expecting based on some of the reports? More and more people are saying, hey, the, I mean, I'm seeing people start pushing for cuts this month. I nope. think we're going to see that? No, no. Big pause. What are we hearing? Big pause. And right now, uh, to be fair on my expectations, right now, uh, it is about 60% that there's going to be a pause at the March meeting and a 40% chance approximately there's going to be a cut. But that all could swing to um, after Jerome Powell speaks today. Um, he's going to talk after the rate decision. And that normally has more impact than the actual rate stuff itself because he'll give guidance and kind of unwrap and answer questions for people. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. That'll lead into Thursday, um, a positive or negative week. Uh, we also have unemployment, which I'm hoping and expecting to go up to about 3.8%. We have non-farm payrolls, which I'm hoping don't spike and stay semi-cool. Uh, and I believe we also have one other... Oh, ISM, uh, Manufacturing Index. We're looking for that to maybe tick up just a hair, hopefully. Um, so lots of exciting stuff this week, but I do think the pinnacle is going to be started with earnings, uh, yesterday. And then today it's going to be the great decision with, and really Jerome Powell speaking tomorrow with what most people are looking forward to. Now you normally don't share until a little, little water under the bridge on things that you've picked and how they've played out. Is that something that we can... Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did some trading uh, last week and earlier this week and uh, got out of energy a little bit, got more into financials when right. I would say a little overweight into financials and healthcare. Um, they have had a pretty sharp and good recovery over the past uh, couple months. Mm-hmm. And we think they're kind of... Um, the PEs look good in those areas. They're good dividend paying. There's a lot of growth to still be had. And when the money, when interest rates do come, which they potentially will um, soon, the probably biggest benefactor of that is going to be the banks. I know it sounds weird that money getting cheaper makes the banks more money, but then when the money's cheaper, people can use more of it. And that profitability flows through into the market and and spreads and it's kind of the ripple effect. So um, that's the, that's probably the most important thing. Um, and, And reason why energy just kind of was looking like um, it was going to be a little flat for the year and probably pull back uh, just a bit. Uh, we don't see energy going super high, at least currently in current circumstances right now. And still have a good moderate weighting towards tech and a core position to like the market as a whole. So we're, we're just overweight right now in our uh, traditional area, which is like tech, but we've added overweight positions also to financials and healthcare. Now, the... Federal government, was it they put a ban on something to do with certain LNG export out of Texas? Is that? 
Fantasia or I don't really follow that market too much, so okay. I re- I would not know honestly. Um, it's in my world, but it's not a part of my world that I explore very often. So I uh, liquid nat- natural gas, I think, is what it was, Correct. right? Yep. I assume it will. I, th- I think they're doing that to cause some sort of financial harm to Texas, but I'm not I'm not a hundred percent certain of what impact that would have, to, uh, to, you know, locally there or um, how much of a loss of revenue that would cause the state. Now. So this is why it's important to be tapped into the right conversation, the right individuals, because when I'm going to read these two headlines, and it's very funny because these are two powerful groups, and yet they almost have different messages. And it makes it very hard, right, for investors and individuals to determine and discern what is real and what's... Psychology. What's a nothing burger and what yeah. is a real headline, right? So the New York Fed is pricing in a 63% chance the economy could enter a recession by the end of 2024. So that's mm-hmm. one headline. The second headline is BlackRock Investment Institute upgraded its US stocks outlook to overweight from neutral per Bloomberg. That is the one I would go with over the Fed. And and just talk a little bit more about why are they saying that and, and is there any merit to that from the New York Fed? And obviously, BlackRock being such a big financial institution globally and the resources and outlook they have, how do people take into account and digest you know, what is coming from two potentially credible platforms? Uh, I think that the people have... To kind of take everything with a grain of salt, you can't really put all your chips into one basket and bet on really anybody. Right. Um, the Fed, you don't want to try to like fade the Fed too hard, but that's not the Fed. That's the New York Federal Reserve Bank. Um, and each one of the chairs that heads these banks kind of has a personality. And that personality is either leaned more hawkish or more dovish. That's why when they speak in a certain way, if it's dovish and they're traditionally hawkish, you can not take it so... Well, you can take it like, wow, that's incredible, and then vice versa. Um, I, off the top of my head, I'm not for, I'm not certain if the New York Fed is more dovish or hawkish. I would assume by that rhetoric, hawkish. Um, but I don't know if I'm bite, biting on that. I think what I would, I would follow more versus an opinion on a dot plot, which has been like super off the whole year. Um, I think I'd follow order flow and data from BlackRock because we use their data a lot for some of our clients and our portfolios as well. And they have really good data because they're so dang big and they get so much of the order flow pushed through them, almost all of it. Well, I'm sure a lot of New York Fed data is coming from organizations like BlackRock. Well, that it they have their own internal sure. data sets that they run. Or- um, I couldn't speak to whether that's true or not. I'm, I don't know what they would pay for data, like what a lot of the institutions charge each other for. Um, but what I can say is somebody that's managing, you know, a large percentage of not only corporate money, which is smarter money than retail money. Um, they're probably going to have a good idea of what's, of what's going to happen and when it's going to happen because they're not partners, but, you know, similar companies that do different things. Blackstone has been making really good moves and has been recently one of the bigger firms that's still buying because they've been making really good moves. And they indicated that, um, I think we brought this up on the podcast, that like Europe was going to be more of a place to buy. 
uh, in the coming months. And that would be contradictory to what we just, just read, read right. something about Europe going into recession, which I don't know if, if they're going to... Trump were to get elected, yeah. that was the key headline. Yeah, I don't know how that... And of course, let's... Yeah, because Joe Biden's done it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's still a good time to be investing. Um, the, the, nobody ultimately knows where things are going, but we can get a good idea if things are going to be bad or if they're going to be good by the general kind of, uh, temp check of the market for certain things, real estate being one of them. And then what are people doing? What is big money doing? I'm leaning with black. That's one. I'm probably right there with you. Yeah. I want to pull up a, a video here in just a second time because this is going to be our, our dingbat uh, video of the day. I would love... Well, one, I'm excited to hear what your take is on this. Oh, boy. Because he says stocks are rigged. And oh, yeah. these are the types of people that are out there influencing individuals in a way that generally are more self-motivated to get them on an email list or to type the word collapse in the chat. Right? Those kind of things. But this is the kind of discussions and content that is out there influencing people. And you know what was interesting? I was listening to, you know, Jocko Willink. Yeah. Um, extreme ownership. Great, you know, leadership guy. And one of the things that he was talking about that made me think of you and a lot of the discussions that we have oftentimes is this idea between, in, in you know, the Navy SEALs, they would talk about um, strategic execution and the... I'm blanking on it. It was um, strategic versus tactical. Oh. And so when he talked about strategic, strategic was more macro long-term plans. What's our strategy for achieving this outcome? Tactical was more of the moment-by-moment micro decision-making, pivoting, adjusting while you're on that mission. And it reminded me a lot of what we talk about. Same kind of thing in the context of your real estate your stock investing, your overall wealth portfolio and plan is you create, you know, for these buckets of time or these windows of time. Mm. Here's my plan. Here's the strategy of how we're going to achieve it. Hence why you do the financial x-rays and you mm. do the portfolio reviews and you build out those plans for people because based on the goals that they're working towards, that's the strategy. And then obviously, there's more of the tactical side of things of... Yep based on what the market has given us, based on what the Fed's doing, based on what, you know, rates are doing, based on what policies coming down the pipe. Those are the little tactical tweaks that to be engaged in making when it comes to achieving those milestones in your wealth plan. So for those of you who plan and a strategy, or if you don't, first and foremost, best guy to connect with is going to be Ryan and his team. And you can do that by just texting the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Even if you do have a plan, also thinking about and having the right conversations around based on what's going on right now, talking with your financial planner about the tactical strategies and steps that you should be taking in conjunction with the overall strategy and execution of the macro plan. So if you haven't taken advantage of that and you're not leaning in and having those discussions right now, and especially in the year of what we see on the horizon, and I know there's probably a lot more we can't see around corners and under nooks and crannies that are going to rear their ugly heads this year, you have to, one, have a very clear plan that you can execute on, but you also have to be nimble and engaged at a really high level in times like this. Because one, this is where great opportunities are at. 
but you got to be tactical and being able to pivot and adjust accordingly to capture those, or you either are going to miss them or you're going to catch the downside of them by not being as nimble and quick when it comes to those tactics too. You have to, in the short term, you got to be ready to pivot on the short term items, but you have to have a long term approach to it. I think that's like what we're saying in a roundabout way. And how I say that for my clients with our investments is you got to have a core to your portfolio or kind of like holdings that you mainly invest in. But then we speculate with small percentages of money in areas where we can make a lot more money potentially, but we'd also can lose a lot of money. And when you have that balance, that creates it with, you know, kind of an efficient frontier in your portfolio where your risk reward or your risk balance or risk budget, whatever you want to call it, is in line because long term, you have a core of quality and then you sprinkle on some fun every once in a while. And sometimes the fun works out and then you sell it and buy quality and then you rinse and repeat. So it's, it's no different from that mindset to investing and it, you can apply it to real estate. You can buy it to the, uh, to the stock market. You can apply it to a lot of things. So your favorite, Mr. Kiyosaki, the best. He's the man who has called all meltdowns, all recessions, all crashes. Even ones that haven't happened. (laughs) He's amazing. Tell us how you really feel about Robert Kiyosaki real fast. Like I know from a lot of people, before you answer that question, he is somebody that was a, a, a light switch in terms of wealth building, cash flow, passive income. And then because he was he was one of those individuals for me. And as I've gotten deeper into his world, he's he's pretty aggressive with his stances, very outlier, very contrarian, but almost to a point that is not serving people. I almost look like and I wouldn't put Dave Ramsey in the same category, but Dave Ramsey is not somebody who's going to teach you how to build wealth and create passive and unlock true financial freedom. Even though he owns a bunch of real estate. going to be somebody that helps you pay off debt and create stability and security, but not true financial abundance. He's not building that. That's not the mindset and the blueprint of what he creates. Kiyosaki is somebody that had a great blueprint for people to unlock freedom and the vehicle, but then a lot of his other teachings and stances are pretty aggressive, pretty out there, and ultimately just haven't come to fruition. Yeah, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki was good because he wasn't super famous yet. And he... This is when the book first came out. And that concept was uh, life-changing in a positive way to a lot of people. He made a lot of money. Um, He still charges crazy amounts of money to do his courses and classwork, which don't really seem to pan out too much to me. And he kind of created this cult following and then literally turned himself into almost like a cult leader. And now I would argue that the Robert Kiyosaki of then is not the Robert Kiyosaki we see no, now. And he's, he's completely... He's not somebody I can get behind and yeah. get really excited. He's untrust. Like, he's my leader and yeah. I subscribe to his beliefs and values. And yeah, he's, I, would, I would back that. He just is not... He lost a lot of his bizarre over years. I just think it's age, time... Um, and then, you know, a dead set belief on something that hasn't panned out. And so you just double down and double down and double down and double down. And eventually you hope to win. But I don't know if, if he'll ever get to that point. So he is stating that the real estate market crash is coming and it's the best time to get rich. This is an article that came out in Yahoo Finance. And he stated that Airbnb is going to be the lead domino that creates the market crash. Now, I think there's definitely going to be some turmoil for some people in 
the Airbnb product and space because there's a lot of crackdown going on with municipalities and cities around permits and ordinances when it comes to vacation rentals. So I think policy-wise, there are going to be some challenges for a lot of people that bought up in these markets that became very saturated with Airbnbs and people were basing their numbers off the fact that they could rent it out as a hospitality asset versus the worst case scenario, still penciling as a long-term hold with a traditional tenant. And I think those will be some of the assets that we see maybe roll out. Is it going to be enough to flood the market and be an oversupply with the demand that is out there? I think so. Maybe in just markets that are saturated with Airbnbs, but like that. But I, I, I would remind people that that always happens always when there's some sort of pullback in a specific area. There's going to be somewhere that has too much of it and they're going to feel it the most. And there's going to be places that don't really have any of that. Well, here's some of the data that I think shows how insulated the single-family housing product is and the market is. Case-Shiller National House Price Index is up 5.4% year-over-year in November. Uh, On a seasonally adjusted basis, prices increased in 14 of the 20 Case-Shiller cities on a month-to-month basis. So home values are still holding relatively strong. Now, when you see average weekly Wages are also rising faster than median home prices in 197 of 338 counties. This is uh, per ATTOM. That also means, right, we're, we're getting a little bit more dry powder and, and buying capacity as a potential borrower. Yep. And if we go into the demand and look at the data there, we're already seeing pending U.S. home sales shot up in December by the most since June of 2020, indicating stabilizing mortgage rates may be beginning to draw prospective buyers from the sidelines and could fuel an anticipated residential real estate rebound this year. As oh, if yeah. it really, you know, fell out. I, I think it's just going to get. I think it's going to be normal and but good normal. And and that's what he basically yeah. uh, not like Lawrence, on fire. Lawrence Yoon yeah. said the demand for housing will recover from falling mortgage rates, and rising income. He expects housing inventory to jump 30% because higher mortgage rates caused homeowners to delay selling. We've got more product from builders starting to hit the market. And home sales are still, even with this data in account, projected to rise significantly in each of the next two years as the market steadily returns to quote-unquote normal sales activity. This is per the National Association of Realtors. Lawrence Yoon, their chief economic um, advisor. And so, and they, and they did come out and release every year in January. They released their economic outlook as of January 24, predicting a 13% increase in existing home sales in 2024 from 2023. That would be to 4.62 million and an increase of just shy of 16% increase in 2025 up to 5.35 million. So I think with job additions and income growth and a little bit more affordability coming back in line a little bit, you know, with the Fed doing what they're going to do with borrowers and the pent up demand that is still out there. The need for housing and shelter is the lead domino of, you know, Airbnbs and what happens and plays out there going to be such a big domino that it knocks over other aspects of the single family housing market. I, I just don't see it. No, I think that 
Man, I think this is another big nothing burger from our man Kiyosaki. Is basically what I'm getting it. Yeah, I think the only thing I could take away from that is I would agree that an area of the market that's going to have some pullback because a lot of people got in because they thought it was as easy as buying a property and then you just put it on this website and people pay you more than normal rent rates um, is going to be Airbnb. Yeah, and and that's why I got into boutique hotels. I mean, one of the best ways to avoid regulation due to zoning restrictions is by buying assets that don't have restrictions when it comes to zoning. And that is a hospitality asset that, you know, they're actually driving more traffic and attention to as a city versus trying to get away from take away from. Because the more bodies they put there, the more people go out. Because they're like, I've never been here. How do I go out? Commercial core, gonna go out and spend money here and there. There's tax dollars. Tax revenue. Yeah. All of that. Gas. Yep. Yep. So I think that, you know, the single family housing market still got tons of insulation, still has some great upside. I think those will be certain types of opportunities that present themselves for potential investors to get creative. If you know people with hospitality assets in certain markets that you know are having certain legislation or policy crackdowns, those may be potential markets to look for some real needles in a haystack when it comes to home run type of deals. Very specific, very targeted, very niche. So I think that is maybe a creative strategy for people to think about and get in front of. But of course, when it comes to commercial real estate, we know the real distress that is happening at the top at institutional levels is starting to trickle down a little bit. The most recent update in terms of office vacancy, which is you know the main product that is really hitting some turbulence and distress right now. Uh, the U.S. national office vacancy rate is at an all-time high as of today at 19.6%. That's a lot. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. When you think about one in five square feet, and I'll have to look up, see if I can get my my hands on that piece of how many square feet of office um, space there is in the United States, and you take 20% of that, and you think about that footprint being completely vacant... There's some real opportunity. Now, yeah, I think it's going to create some big dollars and big bats to swing at those types of opportunities. But again, for the mom and pop investors, the smaller groups, family offices, you know, that are not necessarily playing at that institutional level, I think there's still going to be some amazing opportunities that come out of commercial here. Um, and we're already seeing some in you know the wise investor collective some of the discussions that we're teeing up and getting ready to have are in those particular asset classes and how you find those deals before other people do and i'm already seeing a pretty healthy i'll just say for this stage of the game uptick and those types of opportunities now when it comes to closing out with uh and guys we would love for you to send us videos that you're seeing that you're hearing. You know, what's interesting is I don't get any news from the news anymore. No. I get it from social media. And now maybe yeah. those are some of the news platforms that have their own social presence, but really now it's a lot of assume it that way. Yeah. Individuals that are really kind of re curating what news and how we consume it looks right now. I think a lot of people are they don't trust the main stream media outlets anymore. I think it's a lot of older generations that rely on those, you know, as their main source of information. But a lot of these younger generations are getting all their news from social platforms. Agreed. And the that's a 
benefit and a bad thing because then we have the advent of people that just present one product as a solution or they well, cue, you can queue up that guy because I think it's a perfect example. Yeah. It makes your point. This guy, uh, before you play his video, he is somebody that consistently is talking about doomsday stuff. And his course, his community is all about the collapse of really the world as we know it. No shit. Um, but that being said, go ahead and play this because this is a, it's, this is the type of stuff that people are making decisions based on. And people are either serving you and validating your fears or they are equipping you with, you know, information and resources that aligns with the goals that you're looking to achieve. And these are the types of individuals that I think are really doing a disservice to a lot of people. I guess if the world goes to hell in a handbasket, this dude can say, ha, I told you so. But so can Kiyosaki and a lot of the other very few people that, you know, run on these uh, tangents. But let's post, let's play this one. Stocks are rigged. The whole fucking game is rigged. We did a podcast with a hedge fund owner who admitted it's all rigged. They're telling their clients to stay in the market and ride it out while they've taken their money out months ago, just waiting for it to bottom so they can get back in and ride it back up while they're destroying people's life savings and don't feel a bit bad about it. So for him to actually tell people get into the stock game, what the fuck, man? It's all about the money. You'll give a shit about your students or your customers because you're telling them to get into a game that's rigged and they're going to lose. Because very few people have the sophistication or the knowledge about how to play that game to where they can't lose. We only play games we can't lose because I don't do deals we can lose on. So you can't do that in the stock market because you can't control all the variables. So to advise people that are uneducated on those games to get into those games, you're stealing their money. You're asking them to walk into a rigged poker game. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Scroll through some of those comments. Like, 
that woman, Golden Montessori. Thank you. I took my money out of Vanguard. Now, I'm not saying that's the right or the wrong decision. But what if that was totally the wrong decision that cost her a good chunk of money? And she made that sole decision based on this guy's video right here. Well, yeah. And saying that he interviewed some guy that had a hedge fund who... Um, I don't think anybody that would be legitimate would ever get on an interview with this guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like... Yeah, like who? He's waiting for that. Who did you... I would love to see a... who that was. I would be shocked if they were... I'm not saying they aren't. I would just be shocked if they were. And second, um, what hedge fund manager is going to go on a recording and then incriminate themselves for... Yeah, we rigged the market and we tell our clients to keep their money in and... And then we just, that's just, I, that's, that's his personal opinion. And there's a lot of people with opinions like that, but they don't really pencil out. Um, stock market's not rigged, definitely leans in favor of, of corporations and institutions. So they can do things that us retail investors can't do, right? Or if you're a politician, you can somehow make a crap load of money too. Um, but that's kind of the, the bad and the ugly of it. Other than that, I mean, millions, millions, hundreds of millions of people make their, retirement and their living off of the stock market. And the same can be said of the real estate uh, market. So it's just somebody pushing you to get towards... Anybody that pushes one asset or one solution as the be-all, end-all solution generally has their interest in mind and not your best interest in mind. And that's why holistic planning includes lots of things, even things that I don't produce or sell or manage. But it's part of a holistic plan. Um, if you don't have that, you're just kind of pegged into one area and too, and you have too much um, systemic risk from things that you can't control. So those are... I would say that's the more... The larger risk is having things that are just one thing, like Mr. Kiyosaki maybe does with his like goal in real estate or uh, some other people do that just push life insurance. You know, not, those things aren't bad together, but maybe... Um, understanding that not just having those as a whole is very important. Now, if you guys have any suggestions of videos that you like, you want to get our takes on, that you think are important for us to see, that you want us to pull up on the show, then be sure to either send those over to me at Official Mattier or our Breedwell um, on Instagram. We'll pull them up. We'll send them off to Tone. We'll get them in here to you know, get some some real-time footage and responses. And we want to be, you know, having the discussions around the stuff that you guys are seeing and making your decisions off of as well. So don't forget to send that in. Don't forget to text the word X-Ray to 844-447-1555 if you want to connect with Ryan and his team. If you want to get on my deals list, uh, many of you who've listened to the most recent podcast that I just put out with the founder of The Green Coffee Company, uh, we had many Millionaire Mindcast listeners invest in that one and it has gone insanely well. Probably the best private uh, offering that we put out to the Millionaire Mindcast. I mean, this one's going to be a special one. Um, mm-hmm. And they are opening up another round based on growth trajectories that they've got. It's even more promising than what they had initially put. So opening up another round there, which is exciting. And I think it actually is getting pretty close to being subscribed. But if you want to get access to that, this is a pre-IPO private company. The only way you get into these kind of things is if you have relationships. True. Um, so text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555. We're going to have more info coming up on that over the course of February. Um, and of course, don't forget to check out podcast.com. All kinds of great stuff for you guys there in the store. Before we close out today's show? Nope. 
Um, I would definitely say that we're going to have an exciting show next week because we got a showdown on data this week. So I'll be looking forward to talking to you all next week and appreciate you stopping. That being said, investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million. Appreciate you guys. See you next week's episode. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really, in most cases, overcharged and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word deals to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out and last don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at MillionaireMindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level, we've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at MillionaireMindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. Cheers.